Imagine all of your professional or career goals coming true, and you built a business that had a great brand and employed hundreds or thousands of people. But within a span of a few short years, it was completely gone. That's what's happening in American business these days, and we want to know why. Welcome to Brandology Podcast, where we discuss the rise and fall of great brands and the leadership methods which built them or took them down. Your brand is everything that matters. It's your culture, finances, marketing, and leadership. It's your brand. Protect it. Welcome everyone to part two of the bonus episodes on the rise and fall of the iconic brand Toys R Us. We've received questions and feedback from listeners. We will address those in later segments. And welcome to this part two of the bonus episodes. This part will focus on the fall of the iconic brand Toys R Us. Now, if you haven't listened to part one, we would urge you to go listen to part one so that you would understand the context of what we're about to talk about. And it'll give you better understanding of what we're about to explore as we discover one of the biggest disappointments in American business history. So let's begin part two, the fall of Toys R Us. Charles Lazarus accomplished a lot in his 94 years. Returning to the U.S. after World War II as a Jewish immigrant, Lazarus recognized the baby boom before it was included in the Urban Dictionary. He turned us all into Toys R Us Killed and built a retail juggernaut. The brand icon, which started in his father's bike repair shop back in 1948, ultimately grew to over $12 billion. It was an empire. It garnered more than 25% of the world market share in the lucrative toy industry. It's unprecedented. To understand just how big of an accomplishment that was, even before we start into these segments, compare that to the global brand Apple, arguably one of the best brands in history. Apple's share of global new smartphone sales reached close to 19%. Toys R Us surpassed 25%. Lazarus's vision and his model were brilliantly simple. Build a supermarket for toys. Like a supermarket, inventory was deep, shelves were stocked, display settings were minimalist, and devoid of any fancy glass cases or expensive adornments. The model worked. The brand exploded to over 20 countries, selling more than 18 thousand different toys at the same time in over 1,600 stores around the world. And then, shortly after the founder and visionary left the helm, the brand dissolved in bankruptcy in just a few short years. It's not what we think. It's not what you may think. The fall of Toys R Us did not come simply from a economic downturn or e-commerce giants like Amazon or big box stores like Walmart. In fact, the Toys R Us debt 
was lowered to junk bond status in about 2005 or so, when Amazon was only 4% of its current size. So come listen and find out as we explore the rise and the fall of Icon, Toys R Us. At the height of its power, Toys R Us sold over 18,000 different toys in over 1,500 locations around the globe. And it controlled 25% of the world's toy market, which is unheard of by any other brand in any other industry. And during the store's heyday, it seemed like everyone was a Toys R Us kid. Now, though, parents naturally and eventually grew concerned about overloading their children with toys, the oversaturation was never really a challenge for Toys R Us. In fact, the store only began to fail once it cut back on the dizzying number of toys it carried. And in 1994, Charles Lazarus, who had grown this company from a small startup to a global leader in their industry, stepped down as the company's CEO. And after that, the vision was gone, the visionary had left, and the brand that he had created from his father's bike repair shop into this $12 billion company after 50 years has stepped down. What do you think happens next? What happens next is one of the biggest disappointments in the history of American brands. And that's exactly right. In the final section here where we talk about where Toys R Us is today, you know, any possible resurgence, we have to look at the fall and what happened. And we're going to do this more in discussion format. So, Mark, you're back in the studio with me. How are you? Good, good. Glad to be back. Good. So, um, when I was looking at all the stats, and there's a lot of information on this, uh, on this fall of, uh, of Toys R Us. Bain Capital came in, and basically Toys R Us was worth a lot of money. Forget the numbers, right? Aren't really as important here as the overall story. Uh, Toys R Us was worth a lot of money. Bain Capital came in, grabbed those assets, right? And then riddled it with debt. They, how did they do that? They borrowed money based on that asset, right? It's kind of like okay. if you get access and you own a home, right? And you, the, the home is paid off, right? And you let's say you inherit a home and the home is paid off and it's worth $500,000, right? It's a, it's a really good home. Okay, that's great. So if you take a home equity loan out on all of that, right? You now not only own that property, but you're walking around with 450, close to 500 grand, depending on how much you can suck out of there, in cash, right? And then you can just walk away from the home and just let it go into foreclosure. And then you're walking away with 400 some cash, right? So when, when Bain Capital incurred all that debt on behalf of Toys R Us, who, who got stuck with the debt? Well, it's even worse than that, actually. And I think that my analogy of the home is bad because they weren't able to do that. Because this was a business and there were shares and things like that, they weren't able to, like, had they inherited the home, they could have just sold the home and gotten 500 grand, right? 
But that's not what they did. If they held onto the home as the asset, they were able to borrow money based on future income of, let's say, two to three million dollars for that home. And then what they did is they let the home go in foreclosure. They walked away with the several million dollars and left all of that debt for who? The shareholders. Shareholders? Yep. So, so what happened was- after they did that, they went, yeah. did, they, did they file for bankruptcy? Is it well, that's what the articles seem to say. And we're not, and let's be clear, like we, we don't know any of the details. We haven't read the documents that Bain Capital, you know, used or anything. So we're not bashing them. That's not what this is about at all. We don't know, right? But what Bain Capital gets involved, there's a lot of debt that's created. Now, whether Bain Capital themselves are the ones that even did this, we don't even know. Right? But the thing that we do know is they got bought out by Bain Capital. They go into massive debt. So here's what happened. This is what we can learn and what we know from the uh, court filings. In September 18, uh, on September 18th, 2017, Toys R Us Inc. files for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. They said that the move is going to give them flexibility to deal with how much in debt? Five billion dollars in long-term debt and they had also borrowed two billion dollars to play to pay survive uh suppliers for the upcoming holiday season and then they needed to invest in improving their current operations so anybody that ever walked into a toys or a store back in the mid to late um 2000s right remembers how dated those stores got right like it, like there's one thing for them, you know, having the concrete floors and having, um, you know, a, not very, not a lot of pizzazz, not a lot of modern amenities in there. Um, but they always were filled with tons of toys. But in the last five to ten years, they weren't right. A lot of the shelves were um, scattered. They weren't really. Um, they, they were a shell of their former selves, basically. Um, the company hadn't posted an annual profit since 2013. In fact, it had reported a net loss of $164 million in the quarter ending in April of 2017 before they filed. So it lost $126 million in the same period the prior year as well. So what that means is that to service that debt, guess how much they had to pay? Take a guess. 20 million, 50 million. It had been paying $400 million per year to service wow. just the debt. So that wow. prevents it from doing what? It stops them from making improvements in the stores, right? It also stops them from being able to do what? What is happening between 2005, when Bain Capital gets involved, right, and 2017? What happens? Anything happen? The e-commerce industry? E-commerce, technology like boom. Companies like, I don't know, you know, online Walmart, online, who's that small Amazon? company? Amazon? Yeah, Amazon. Right? That little company. All of these. Now, see, so it's not Amazon that causes this. It's Amazon that takes advantage of its weakness. 
And that's what a lot of these articles that we found say, right? So it's not that Amazon took Toys R Us out of business. No, it's Amazon was growing in the, in the sector that Toys R Us needed to grow and Toys R Us couldn't because of the debt that was riddled 10 years earlier. Right. So um, originally they said, you know, only the U.S. and Canadian operations would be affected, right? And most of the brick and mortar stores and online sales sites would continue to operate. That's what they said in the beginning when they filed for bankruptcy. But then in January 2018, the company announced, nope, we're going to liquidate and close all of our stores in the U.S. as part of a restructuring, as well as convert up to 12 stores into a co-branded Toys R Us and Babies R Us stores. Um, then, and now, um, all of, you know, same thing, very similar happened in, in, in Canada. Um, but now what's happened is they are uh, looking at a couple different options. So as Toys R Us kind of, you know, was still pulling in, you know, like $792 million annually in 2017. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't uh, flexible enough. It wasn't acting fast enough to compete with giants like Amazon or super large brick and mortars like um, Walmart, right? And so they were stuck with large dated brick and mortar stores, which hit, which carries a huge cost as well, right? And then the company decides to revamp its website in 2016. 2016. Okay, so they've been riddled with debt, paying $400 million for like 10 years. And then they're like, hey, maybe we should fix the website in 2016. Where at that point then, global technology officer Lance Wills admits this is an uphill battle, guys. We're trying to catch up on 10 years of innovation. That's what he's quoted as saying. So this poor guy is faced with, hey, you got to fix this problem. One of the biggest iconic problems with how did you not act faster? How did you not, um, you know, leverage advances of technology and e-commerce and all of that faster, right? And he's got to try and solve this. He's like, guys, we're already 10 years behind. So, you know, they, that... There's a lot of articles about, you know, the Toys R Us bankruptcy and what it means in the culture and how it becomes like a symbol for corporate greed. Um, I mean, they had, by the time they filed in 2017, Mark, they were drowning in $7.9 billion worth of debt. How does that, how, how does that even happen? And I can't well, now those anything. numbers are almost uncomprehensible. Yeah, I can't even, I can't even. So apparently what happened is in 2005, the private equity firm of Bain Capital and two partners, KKR and Vernado Realty Trust, they buy Toys R Us for $6 billion. They paid $1.2 billion out of pocket while the rest was borrowed. But it was Toys R Us themselves who was responsible for paying back the remaining $4.8 billion that its investors owed. So that's how the company had to make $400 million in debt payments every single year. A number that was often higher than its annual profits. So it's riddled with what? 
$3.8 billion in debt. It has to pay $400 million a year just to service the debt, meaning it's just interest. It's not paying down. Just to service the debt, they have to come up with that. And several years in between 2005 and 2017, they didn't even make $400 million. So all of the stores throughout the US, all of everything, everything online, they didn't even make $400 million and they had to still service it just to pay the debt. That's, so that's it was incredible. just a sinking ship. So that deal made it impossible for the toy company to keep up, right? Um, one retail advocacy group called it an ATM machine for Wall Street because Ouch. they just took, they just, yeah, it's, that's harsh. Um, so when news about Toys R Us financial situation becomes public, so did the contrast between its associates, the people that worked in the stores, and the company executives. So what happens here is in the fallout, people lose their jobs. And not just a few people, a lot of people. 30,000 retail workers lose their jobs from this. The company said wow. they... The company said they're not going to receive severance or payments for unused sick or vacation days. Bain Capital, KKR, and Vernado, on the other hand, reportedly earned $470 million off Toys R Us. In, in, wow. in addition to that, executives received multi-million dollar bonuses. So, I mean, when Toys R Us went, went out of business... And you remember this, right? You and I have talked yeah. about this a bunch of times. I remember it was all over. It was, it was, there was social media then. It was just a few years ago. Um, well, what happened felt, to uh, Jeffrey the Giraffe and Gigi and, and Baby G and Do you remember? Junior. Well, do you remember? <laughs> and I think if we can find this photo, we'll, we'll, we'll put it at the bottom of the podcast. We'll put it in the link below the podcast. There's a photo I remember where Jeffrey oh, the giraffe is like holding a suitcase inside yeah. an empty store. Yep. I, I remember that. The store's empty and the dude's like home well, not homeless but he's like kicked out of his house, <laughs> right? Yeah. He's kicked yep. out of it. Yeah, and I I remember that going viral. And then, you know, there was there was a bunch of things I remember seeing with um uh, they, they well, were doing the, like the mock store funerals. managers or employees. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. were protesting at Bain Capital. Yeah, yeah, and I remember they were doing like mock funerals in the lobby of Bain's corporate headquarters. Uh, there was oh, a huge... right. somebody they had a the tombstone for Jeffrey. Yeah, remember that? Yeah, it's just. I mean, you got you got to you got because it's a good example, right? This isn't about profit or product being pushed across the shelves. It's not. This is about like everybody has a recollection of going. To Toys R Us, we all do. I mean, I remember when when I was first with my kids and they were all young. I remember going and showing them because this was about 15 years ago. Remember the razors were really popular; those like scooters, oh that were yeah, really thin. And I was like showing the kids how to do it because they didn't know how to use it and they were little. And I remember cruising up and down the aisles and I totally wiped out. Like they still yeah. talk about it today. I like flipped over and wiped out the thing flew up like almost landed on the shelf it was like a classic like total morrow catastrophe you know what i mean just like totally yeah that's a that's a, a real good example of how strong a brand can be look we've still got memories of something yeah. from you know 
10, 15, 20 years ago. Oh, yeah. And everybody my, knows the jingle. Everybody knows oh, the giraffe. And they do. My daughter still has the Jeffrey Giraffe uh, plush doll. Right. Like, that's, it's a comp, it's a corporation just like any other corporation. It's a business, right? It's an idea started with one guy in his dad's bike shop. And yet it turned into a cultural phenomenon. So yep. it's pretty, yep. pretty interesting. So as we've discussed the rise and fall of Toys R Us, where is it today? Where is it heading? What options are left? So what we've been able to find so far is that at some point, they started to back out of plans to auction off the branding, the name, and the mascot. So Toys R Us current owners say they're attempting to develop ideas. That's a quote. They're developing ideas for what new Toys R Us stores or toys from its sister brand, Babies R Us, would look like. So, I mean, it doesn't, you know, walking back from that doesn't, from auctioning off that intellectual property doesn't mean Toys R Us is escaping bankruptcy altogether. It just means that the owners are holding on to most of the valuable assets, right? And trying to find a future for the company. And that's good. That's what, that's what a good brand is all about. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's unlikely in our opinion, not that that matters, but I mean, it's unlikely. It's definitely unclear if that brand will ever return to its, you know, its former glory, but it could resurrect a, a shell of the brand, you know, kind of like uh, there's a couple others like American Apparel or Nasty Girl did when they were rescued from bankruptcy. Um, but uh, and owners could decide to just license the company name or branding to someone else, right? And just earn royalties. Um, but today, basically, the company continues to operate as the licensor of the international operations, right? Um, it uh, announced in October of 18, I believe, that it was relaunching U.S. Toys R Us in retail business. Um, they plan to do it in the future. Um, but, and they also partnered with uh, certain large um, uh, food stores like Kroger uh, to add Jeffrey's Toy Box, right? Named after the mascot and pop-up departments. Um, at various locations in the U.S. to give Toys R Us a presence during the holiday season. Um, as recent as, I think, 2019, the company uh, emerged from bankruptcy as True Kids. That's the new name. Um, but under True Kids, so far as we sit here today, that we could find and we welcome anybody that can shed light on us, um, there's only two locations of that open currently in the United States. One note of uh, positive news is that um, a Washington Post article reported uh, that Bain Capital and KKR agreed to set aside $20 million for a fund to be distributed to Toys R Us retail workers who were owed money. And that's, that's excellent. Right? It's probably not enough in many people's opinions, but that's excellent. That's a rare positive ending to an all too common story of the fall of a brand. We hope you enjoyed this bonus feature, part two, the fall, concerning the rise and fall of the brand.
Toys R Us. Please join us next week when we will have new special guests, and we will see you soon. Thanks. Please like and subscribe so that you get notified of all new episodes. Take care.